So teach us how to pray. I, I thought that graphic was a pretty good picture of kind of how prayer is. You don't really, I don't think sometimes on this side of heaven that we're going to understand everything that our prayers really affect. You know, it's like that we're, you know, this Tuesday morning prayer walk that I, I do with a bunch of other dads around the, the schools. You know, we encourage each other by telling us, you know, ourselves that, listen, the main thing is that we're being obedient to Jesus because he, he said, go pray around the schools, right? That's, that's the main thing. Understanding how our prayers are affecting inside the schools, you know, we don't understand, we're not in the schools seeing everything that's happening, but trusting that the Lord is weaving this web and, and orchestrating everything and using us to do that is, uh, is cool. So I wanted to look at the part of Jesus' prayer when they asked him to teach, him, teach them how to pray. And he said, pray this way, our Father who is in heaven, which we went over last week, hallowed be your name. And then the second, the next phrase, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so how many of y'all have read Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth? Yeah. So probably a familiar book for people at the awakening and a great book. And I feel like Bill Johnson really helped uncover, I mean, the Lord gave the revelation to Bill to really kind of unveil part of what that looks like. What does it, what does it mean for, for heaven to come to earth, for his kingdom and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? And, you know, he, he talks about the, the most simple way to think about it is that what is in heaven right now? Rejoicing, peace, uh, unity. There's nobody sick. You know, all of these things that are in heaven, God wants them to come to earth and manifest in this life. And so, this is the clearest picture of the Father's will. He wants, he he wants earth to look like heaven. All right? And, and so, I'm going to get to later what we call the now but not yet kingdom, but you break down the word kingdom, and it means the king's dominion. And so you got to have a king to have a kingdom. And so first and foremost, when we're, we're praying for God's kingdom to come, we're praying for Jesus to show up. We're not praying for heaven apart from Jesus <laughs> to show up, right? And... We're not praying like we want all, we're, you know, peace, joy, healing, and then kind of like Jesus is over here off to the side. We're, we really are wanting Jesus to actually come and manifest himself either right now in our lives or with our physical eyes when he, when he returns. And so it's the, it's the king's dominion. And so I'm going to go through like some scriptures that just that highlight this, what it, that kind of describe what, what is the king's dominion? What does that mean? And so basically, I mean, the king's dominion is whatever God has authority over. So these scriptures, and there's so many more, I had to cut myself off, you know, and, and so, but these scriptures are going to 
paint a picture of what his dominion is. So you have Psalm 145, verse 13. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. God has been king when our ancestors were around. God has been, he was the king when our grandparents were around. He's the king of our children. He's the king of all generations. He's the king forever. You know, even the song that we sang, that last song, glory to God forever. There's, going, there's coming a day when all of the earth, not just like Christians and churches are praising the Lord, but all of the earth is going to be giving glory to the Lord. You have Daniel 7. And to him was given dominion, glory, and the kingdom. Talking about Jesus. That all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So according to Daniel 7, God has authority over every nation, every tribe, every language, every ethnicity. He's the king over all. Later on in Daniel, you have the sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions will serve and obey him. So right here it says, well, all other kingdoms will not only serve Jesus, but they're going to be serving us. All right, so where, where is that in scripture? Well, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. And so we're going to reign with Jesus. And so Jesus is the king of kings. So in, and then he's giving us authority to rule in the next age. He, t he told the 12 disciples, he says, you're going to have 12 thrones around my throne. And, you know, he's like, you're going to you're going to have a pretty hefty reward. Matthew 9 says, but, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, get up, pick up your bed and go home. So right here, Jesus is actually, he's painting a parallel between authority over sin and authority over sickness. And so he's got the authority to heal and to forgive sins. And Jesus actually said, you have the authority as a disciple to forgive sins. How many of y'all have done that lately? He's like, I forgive your sin. Your sins are forgiven you. But he, Jesus said we have that authority because he's in us, right? Jesus says your authority, and, and it's, you know, legitimate. You're not just waving wands over people. But Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Matthew 28, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So not just, not just heaven, but earth as well. Luke chapter 12, I warn you whom to fear. Fear the one whom after he is killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So Jesus has authority to kill. He has authority to cast into hell. John 5, he gave authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Authority to execute judgment. John 10, no one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. 
I have authority to lay it down and have authority to take it up again. The commandment I received, this commandment I received from my father. So Jesus is talking about his own life. He has authority over his own life. He gave the devil permission to kill him. He says, I right now I could summon legions of angels. He has that authority as well, right? But he chose, obviously, on our behalf to take our punishment. So he has authority over his own life. He has authority over life. He is sovereign. Revelation 5. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in him are heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Can you imagine a dolphin saying to him who sits on the throne? I mean, that's kind of what it's everything in the sea, everything on the earth. The trees and the rocks. I mean, imagine what Eden was before the fall. I mean, it kind of sounds silly, like animals talking to us, but there's there are stories of animals talking to people in this age. (laughs) And I'll tell you one real quick. Bobby Connor. If you don't know who he is, he was a prophet in North Carolina. Who has the Bible memorized, actually. He, he used to do this thing where you say, he, 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 you give him a scripture reference, Luke 12, 15, and he'd tell you the, the scripture before and after. And then the Lord said, you need to stop doing that. And he's like, why? He says, it's all about you. So he stopped doing that. But he used to do that. <laughs> so anyways, he was sitting on his back porch and... Uh, praying and just talking with the Lord and this bird came up to him right at his feet and uh, he the bird kind of was looking at him and it was interesting because he he noticed that this bird was just wasn't acting like your typical bird and he said uh, hey there can I help you and the bird talked back to him and said I want to make your house my home and he's like, okay. And the bird flew off. And then on his back porch, he had an old freezer that didn't work, but he used it for a tool chest. Now, you know that's redneck right there. So his, it was his tool chest. And so he goes to his tool chest the next day. He opens it up. That bird is in the tool chest. And it's made a nest. And he's like, hey, there you are. It's the bird from, that talked to him the previous day. No conversation was had. He goes back the next day, opens it up. There's eggs in the, in the nest. Goes back the next day. There's hatchlings. And then the next day, they're gone. And so the whole picture, that message for Bobby in that moment was, he's accelerating things <laughs> in, the, in the body. And so... But I say that it's that God will give us taste of maybe what what Eden was like before the fall or what heaven's going to be like where we're communicating with the animals. The lion laying down with the lamb, the baby playing with the cobra. I mean, we just don't know everything. And so Revelation 12, it says, Now salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, 
He who accuses them before God day and night. So God has authority over the devil and has cast him down. Somebody say amen. Revelation 12. She gave birth to a son, a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was called up to God and to his throne. From Revelation 19, from his mouth comes a sharp sword by which he may strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. So Jesus has authority to rule with power and to release the wrath of God. Acts chapter 1, he said to them, it's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. God has authority over time. And then Colossians 2.10, in him you have been made complete and he is the head over all rule and authority. He's head over all kings, all, all presidents, all kings, all dictators, all diplomats, all governors. He's head over them all. So now I want to talk about the kingdom to come. So what Bill Johnson did was an amazing job of describing your kingdom, the kingdom invading earth in our lives right now, presently. But what Jesus is also talking about in this prayer is this pray, pray for the king to return. This is also biblical for us to long for that. I used to be scared of Jesus returning. When I first became a Christian, I, I was really scared about it. And it's because part of it was the, the view I had of God that he really liked to dish out punishment. And that's like, was his main thing. <laughs> and so I didn't know that as a Christian, I wasn't going to get punished <laughs> whenever he came back. You know, we're going we're gonna to have to, if you know, if, you're, if we're around during uh, the last seven years and the last, the great tribulation, we're going to have to live through it, but it's, but there's going to be a land of Goshen where just like in Egypt where the Israelites were off and being taken care of while Egypt was struck with the plagues, we're going to have a similar type of provision made for us by God. But the kingdom to come. So we're not only looking for the kingdom to manifest in our present lives, but we're looking forward to the return of the king. And so in Matthew 19, Jesus said, truly, I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the son of man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So there Jesus is talking about when I sit on my glorious throne, his throne that he, he's talking about is the one that's going to be in Jerusalem. Matthew 25, but when the son of man comes in his glory and with all of his angels, he will sit on his glorious throne, just reinforcing that point. So the kingdom, the kingdom is within us and the kingdom is also outside of us. So let's look at the kingdom within. Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom, Paul is describing what the kingdom looks like right now for us. It's not, these, it's not the material things of the world, right? It's not... Uh, the things that we can see and touch and feel with our physical body. 
but it's the, it's the righteousness, peace, and joy that's found in the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Think about in heaven. You know, there's, there's not all these, these laws, right? <laughs> Against such things there, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. He's saying, listen, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, walk with the Holy Spirit. The kingdom outside of us. In Matthew 12, verse 28, Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So you look at it as in Colossians, it says that we've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so there's a displacement. You have the kingdom of light displacing the kingdom of darkness. Jesus is painting the same picture right here. He says, if, you, if the demon is cast out by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God has overthrown and cast out that demon and, and told it to take a hike. Demon, the devil is a, is a squatter. Squatters are people who are, you know, they live in rented houses that, or they live in houses that they're not renting or they, they, they are using things that not, they haven't paid for. It's called a squatter. And so the devil has not paid for anything. Jesus has paid the price for our sins. He's paid the price for all of the earth to become his again. And so when, the, when, he, when Jesus comes, he has the authority and the legal right to kick out the devil. Mark chapter 15 says, Joseph of Arimathea came, and then he, uh, uh, this is after Jesus had died on the cross, a prominent member of the council who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God and he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. I love this little clip of who Joseph of Arimathea is right here. He was a Pharisee. He says he gathered up courage to go before Pilate who could, he's like, are you with Jesus? Are you in cahoots with him? You know, who knows what kind of, you know, punishment could have come with that. But it said that he was waiting for the kingdom of God. And so the confusion, why the disciples were confused when Jesus said, I've got to die. I've got to, to go to the cross and you can't follow me there. And they're like, what are you talking about? Aren't you like, aren't you going to like throw out the Romans and, and like Israel is going to become the number one country in the world again? You know, all these things. And because that's what the Old Testament prophets talk about. Isaiah is chock full. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. It's all about the, the Messiah coming with his kingdom, ruling from Jerusalem, ruling over the nations of the earth. All of the nations are his footstool, his glory covering all the earth. That's what they're looking for because the scriptures say that. But then you have Isaiah 53 and you have Psalm 22 that talk about the suffering servant. They talk about the first return, I mean, the, the first coming. And that he first had to suffer, he first had to die and be resurrected before he could come as that king. 
And so it was confusing, but, jo- but Joseph was a man that loved God. And so he was, he was longing for the, re- for the coming of the kingdom. He was looking for what Revelation talks about when Jesus does return. Luke chapter 10, to heal those who are in it, who are sick and to say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Again, displacing sickness. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So the kingdom is now and not yet. So Luke chapter 19 talks about uh, a man who, let's just turn there real quick. We won't have to, we won't read it, but let's just turn there and kind of skim over it together. Luke chapter 19. So there was a nobleman who went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself, himself and return. He had 10 slaves that he gave manas to, but it says the citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. Jesus is telling a parable and he's telling, he's like, this is the story of the first coming, right? <laughs> it says actually that they, I can't remember the reference, but that Jesus, you know, was was willing to give them the kingdom. I'm I'm not going to go down that road. I won't stay on this. But it says they did not want him to reign over over them. So he he left. He left these slaves to be faithful with the manas, and he came back saying they were faithful what he had been had given to them. And so. It paints this picture of Jesus coming the first time and Jesus coming the second time and rewarding those who are faithful with what's been given to them. First John chapter three says, beloved, now we are children of God. So this, that's the kingdom now, right? We're children of God right now. And then it says, but it has not appeared as yet what we will be. So we haven't seen the full extent of the glory that's been given to us, right? We're going to have resurrected bodies one day that don't decay. I tell the kids, it's like, we might be, be able to breathe underwater. We might be walking through walls, walk on, walking on water. Uh, I mean, who knows? Everything that Jesus did in his resurrected body and in his glorified body, that's the picture of what we will have. We know that when he appears... We will be like him because we will see him just as he is. So when we see Jesus, we're going to be transfigured. If you're alive, you're going to be transfigured just like he was caught up to him. If you've died, you're going to, the dead are going to be raised and caught up to him. Then you come to earth and and you're given a resurrected body. So the kingdom is now, but not yet. So we, we pray, it's like Bethel and Ahab have carried these two messages, right? But you got Bethel carrying the, ki- the kingdom is now, which is true. You got Ahab has carried the kingdom is coming, which is true. 
And that's why it's beautiful while you take. You don't, you don't just be like, this is the only, <laughs> this ministry has the corner market on everything. But you take, you, you take what ministries and people have taught and you look at the Bible and you always go back to the Bible and see what it says. And so you get um, what Bill Johnson has done and Mike Bill on those that are under them. And we give thanks for that because it's, it paints a whole picture when you combine both the ministries. And so what I want us to do is just take some time uh, with what the time we have left. We've got about 15 minutes, but I want us just to pray. So I was just going to share one thing about um, when Travis was talking about squatters. Um, I was just thinking about this story that um, we don't know these people personally, but there's a family in uh, the U.S. that has a house in like a part of Mexico, like the mountain region of Mexico that's like a resort area. They have this cabin there, like a very expensive, nice place. And they live here in the United States and they would visit there quite often, but then they got in a season where they weren't able to go as often. So they haven't been there for several years. So they found out that a family's been living in this cabin for three years, like living there. So like, think about, I just was thinking about when you've lived somewhere for about three years. We had a house in Texas that we lived in for about three years. And like, it's your home. I mean, you like... You, like, decorate it, and you live there, you, like, get stuff, you know? So these people are, like, living in this house that's not theirs. But the people in America are completely clueless. They have no idea because they have no, like, connection to the house. Like, they may have, they told someone to, like, check on it, you know, but they're not talking to that person, right? So they're just like, we paid for it, we own it, it's ours, it's fine. We're living our life. We'll go there sometime and it'll be great. And when he was talking about squatters, I'm like, well, that's what those people were doing. But I just began to like feel like the Lord was saying like so many times there are things in our life that just are working. It just works. Like whether it's our marriage, like they'll be like, man, I remember when that was hard, but like now it's just kind of working or like maybe it's our job. Like gosh, I remember when I didn't have a job and I was like praying for a job and now I have one and it just kind of works or whatever it might be, our finances or, or maybe a relationship with someone or a part of our relationship with God. Like I remember when I used to be angry all the time. These are my personal things I'm sharing, not hypothetical. Um, you know, when I was angry a lot and you know, not angry nearly as often anymore. But I feel like what I do sometimes is I like treat it like that house in the mountains in a resort in Mexico <laughs> where it's like, I stop praying your kingdom come into those places. Like I take it for granted that like, no, like I did the work there. I don't have to like think about that anymore. But like the enemy can be squatting in those places and like just, I feel like our apathy can be his dwelling place. Just when we're like, you know what? That's fine. I've got all this other stuff. I got to get the kingdom in. And I get it. But I just thought as we like do this this morning, like taking a minute and, and even if we're just thankful for those places that are the resort in Mexico, you know, the places that are working, the places that 
we might can remember asking his kingdom to come. And it came, you know, and it's there and it's dwelling. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, like, we've got to be mindful of the the apathy that can come in and in where we're not, where we're letting the enemy squat and maybe we've just not given it the attention in prayer. And so sometimes it even just feels redundant just to continue to pray the same thing over and over again, your kingdom come. Like, God, draw the hearts of our children to yourself. Like, you know, we pray that like every day. We've been praying for like 17 years for the hearts of our children to be captivated by God. And it just feels like, you know, you keep praying that and praying that. And, and in this season, you know, it feels very urgent, but it's like, if, you know, it's one of those things that could venture off. We're like, oh, well, they're walking with God. But like we continuously pray like your kingdom come and meet our kids. So anyway, as we go into this activity that Travis has, I just wanted us to think about any places that, that are like that um, resort in Mexico where we're like living our life in America and like the, you know, like the squatter actually. Can y'all imagine that? walking up and there being people like a family like living in your house anyway I thought it was funny and what was also interesting is that they they had to pay off police to kick the people out so that it cost them again you know to get their house back instead of just kind of like you've kept an eye on or whatever so it's just that's the the picture and um Jessica is trying to paint and, and did paint. Thanks for sharing that. So let's just, uh, we'll break up by sections. So we'll have one prayer group right here and one prayer group right here. And let's pray into these things for, for the kingdom of God to manifest inside of us. And then, and then also for the kingdom to come, um, you know, in, in, like how Bill Johnson talks about for heaven to invade earth, but also for to look and to yearn as, as Revelation talks about says the, the spirit and the bright Holy Spirit is saying right now come Lord Jesus and we want to be in agreement with the Holy Spirit and if our hearts aren't in alignment with that we need to ask God to show us like reveal to us your heart about the Holy Spirit show us what you feel about Jesus coming back because we need to be in align, alignment with him alright let's pick up